Today, we're busting five myths about sight loss and vision impairment, coming up on episode number 18 of Life After Sight Loss Radio. Welcome to Life After Sight Loss Radio, the podcast helping you discover life after sight loss. My name is Derek Daniel. I am your host and resident VIP, aka visually impaired person. If you're new to the program, hey, welcome aboard. This is the place where we do product reviews, life advice, encouragement, and so much more, all with the express purpose of helping individuals and families who are facing or going through physical sight loss. Hey there, guys. Welcome to this episode. I'm so glad that you decided to tune in, to check it out, to listen. And it's just such an honor to come into your ears each and every week. Hey, today on the podcast, we're going to break down some myths, some popular misnomers about sight loss and vision impairment, because there's a lot of things that are misunderstood about losing your sight and about vision impairment in general. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to bust some myths. And hopefully after today's podcast, you'll be a little bit wiser about sight loss and vision impairment. Before we get started, as always, I want to let you know that you can find the show notes to today's episode. All you have to do is go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash 018. That'll give you links, information, conversation, and more. Just hop on over to lifeaftersightloss.com slash 018. Now, if you're a regular listener of the podcast, you'll know that at this point, we usually do some news and updates and so forth, but I'm switching things up just a little bit. So if you're new here, this won't be any different for you, but if you're regular, this will be a little bit different. So we're going to have a couple of different sections in the podcast this week, and I won't go into great over explanation, but basically today we're going to start with the first of those new sections, and I'm just right now calling it question of the week, maybe mailbag moment something of that nature. And basically, I'm going to take a question or comment from you guys and then talk about it here on the podcast because I think that will make things a lot more tangible because what the podcast is all about is helping you discover life after sight loss. And that, a lot of times, needs to be pretty tangible. So we're going to jump into our first ever question of the week. And our question of the week actually comes from a YouTube video that I did. By the way, if you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, hop on over to lifeaftersightloss.com slash YouTube, and you can subscribe to the YouTube channel there, get all the videos that I produce each and every week. So recently I did a video about how to respond to people when they give you that phrase, you don't look blind, and it got some comments and some likes, and people seem to really respond to that because it happens a lot. And one such person asked me, a question. And basically, their statement was that their sight fluctuates depending on the time of day, the weather conditions, how they're feeling physically and emotionally, all that sort of thing. So they were wondering, how do you respond to someone when they say, well, how much can you see? Because that can be a tricky question, especially if it depends on the day and your emotional state and all that sort of thing. So basically, my advice to this person, which I commented on the YouTube channel, was to be as basic and as simple as possible. When somebody says, how much do you see? I typically say, not as much as you think, because I I get around pretty well and they assume that, you know, I wouldn't see really, really well, but it's like, probably not. So I try to be as basic and as simple as possible. Use things that, you know, they would understand, tunnel vision, central vision, depth perception, things like that. And again, you don't have to go into 
extreme great detail for them. If they have follow-up questions, you know, you can obviously go into more detail. And it also depends on the level of relationship you have with the person. So, for example, if it's a total stranger, you don't have to go into a 25-minute diatribe about your vision, uh, you know, how your vision works and that sort of thing. Uh, it, it's really not that big a deal. But if it's somebody that you know and is really interested and wants to pursue you, by all means, then just go for it and let them know, hey, this is what it's all about for me because compassion and caring. Now, it doesn't mean a stranger has no compassion or care, but it depends on the situation how much you can you know, give to them. So be as simple as possible when somebody says, hey, how much can you see? Because you know what? They might not totally get it anyway. So give them as much as you want. Now, at the end of the day, you give them as much as you want to give them. I mean, that's the reality. But if you want to keep you know, things just simple, then do that. Keep it simple. Keep it basic. And you know, let people know as much as you feel is necessary in that situation. So I hope that helps you out just a little bit. And if you have a question you'd like an answer to, you can let me know. Drop me an email, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at lifeaftersightlaws.com. And hopefully, in the near future, I'll feature you as part of the question of the week. You know, there are so many misunderstood things about sight loss about vision impairment, about being blind. Most of the time, people assume things, you know, the the dark sunglasses and the white cane. It's that picture of somebody. I, I talked about the video I made about not looking blind. That's kind of what they think. And there's just really some misunderstandings, some myths about vision loss. And today, I thought we would bust some myths and share that here on the podcast so that maybe you, if you just lost your sight or you're a sighted supporter of somebody who just lost their sight, Maybe you can say, wow, that's not true. I, I thought it was true. I guess it's not. But maybe you can share it. You can share it with your friends and your family and let them know, hey, this is a myth and we need to break those myths and break those stereotypes, you know, help to inform and educate so that people aren't misunderstanding things about vision impairment and sight loss in general. So the first myth is the classic how our other senses have all now gotten super heightened and amazing and wonderful. And this just isn't necessarily true. Now, I'm not a medical doctor and I can't give you some statistic or anything like that. But I know for me and for many other visually impaired people I've talked to, it's not that our senses are any better. Now, look, a daredevil has tricked us all into believing this, but it's just simply not true. The thing about it is what is true, at least from my vantage point and other people I've talked to is that while our senses aren't better, we've started using them in much different ways and depending on them in different ways than a sighted person would. So for example, the classic one I always give is if you're crossing the street, then a sighted person would walk up, look both ways and you know see if there's cars coming and if not, they would cross the street. Well, a visually impaired person, a blind person would walk up to the street and they would tune their ears in to hear that car coming you know, from both ways or at a stop sign or whatever the case is. Now, what people will say then, oh, they can hear so much better than me. No, it's not that they can hear better than you. It's simply that they're now dependent on their hearing as opposed to being dependent on their vision. The same thing goes for the sense of touch, for the sense of taste and smell, most likely. Uh, You know, again, I'm not suggesting that we're going around and smacking our canes into things and walking out in the rain so we can see stuff. That's just not how it works. That'd be nice, but Daredevil is sadly not true. So the first myth that we've got to bust is no, our senses aren't magically better. It would be awesome if they were, but we're not all superheroes. 
The second myth is that everybody who's labeled visually impaired or blind are totally blind. And this simply is just not true. As, as a matter of fact, the last statistic I saw and that I heard about was something like over 90% or 9 out of 10 people who are visually impaired have some vision left. Whether it is light perception, central, peripheral, um, tunnel vision, whatever it is, they have some vision left. Over 90% of people have some sort of vision left. Now, again, that could be, you know, shadows and light perception, but they're going to have some left. They're not all totally blind. As a matter of fact, the term total and the term partial are two different things. Obviously, you know, somebody has partial vision, total vision, things like that. Uh, that, that goes into how do you label yourself? I always say I'm visually impaired because I'm not totally blind and things like that. Not that I can't use the word blind per se, but we all aren't totally blind. And I think that's really important to remember because most people assume it's either you have complete sight or it's darkness. And that's just not true. Blindness is a spectrum. And I talked about that in a video before uh, on my YouTube channel about how what is legally blind and that sort of thing. And I did a whole podcast about that legally blind, visually impaired, you know, blindness, all that sort of thing. I'll link that in the show notes over at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 018. And that way you can get a little more information about that. But the second myth, of course, is that no, we're not all totally blind. The third myth is really interesting. It suggests that blind people are antisocial. And this one just, I don't, I think this stems from like, think about it. When you go to a party or you go to a place and there's a blind person there, a lot of times they're not moving around the room like everybody else. Maybe they go and they find some place to stand or sit. If it's a place where you have some food, maybe somebody's bringing them the food, things like that. And they automatically see, oh, that person's antisocial. They want to get out, talk to people. They don't want to go anywhere, that sort of thing. They don't get it out of their house much, you know, whatever the case is. And the reality is it's not that we're antisocial. As a matter of fact, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody more social than me. And I love being out and doing things. It's just that when I go somewhere and I don't know the lay of the land and I'm not familiar with the surroundings and it's new people and all this sort of thing, it's much easier to find a place to sit or stand or connect to. And then that way, I don't have to worry about running into things. I don't have to worry about, you know, tripping over a table or, you know, meeting somebody for the 15th time on the same night, it's just much, much easier to let things come to me. But I'm not antisocial, and most blind people are not antisocial either. So I encourage everyone that if you are a social person and you're visually impaired, get out there and do things, even if it's a little challenging. I think that's another reason it's hard for us to get out and do things. But get out there, do things, experience the world, and help break the stereotype that blind people are antisocial. So we are rolling right along. We've already busted three myths, so make sure you stick around because after the break, we've got two more that we're going to break apart. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. Hey, most likely you are one of the billions of people. Yes, billion with a B. Billions of people that are on Facebook. And if you're on Facebook, I'd love for you to take a second and hop on over to lifeaftersightloss.com slash Facebook and like my Facebook page. I share um, news and updates and information. I, I share when I release new podcasts and videos and that sort of thing. My hope is in the future we can have live streams and all kinds of wonderful stuff over there. Facebook is such a great way to engage and just get information. So hop on over to lifeaftersightloss.com slash Facebook, click that like button and follow me right there on the beautiful big blue social media. 
And we are back. We've busted three myths so far, and we've got two to go. So let's go ahead and jump into the next one. The fourth myth is that visually impaired people don't like sight-intensive activities. Now, what would I consider a sight-intensive activity? Well, something like, I don't know, rock climbing or laser tag or, you know, just different things like that. Uh, going to the movies might be considered a sight-intensive activity. And the reason I call it sight-intensive because most people would assume you have to have sight to enjoy that particular activity. Now, I would not say I'm a huge rock climber or a rock climber at all, for that matter. Uh, I have played laser tag a few times. I'm not fantastic at it or anything, uh, but I do love going to the movies, especially with audio description and you know watching TV, that sort of thing. I enjoy things that are, quote-unquote, sight-intensive. And a lot of visually impaired people like things that are, quote, sight-intensive. You know, activities and sports and, and recreation and just different things like that. Uh, you know, I have had many people say, oh, well, do you go to the movies anymore? Absolutely, I love going to the movies or somebody asked me the other day they even said like isn't it an oxymoron to make youtube videos for blind people absolutely not in fact one of my biggest audiences is on youtube we love the videos especially if they are described really well that sort of thing so hey just because you think it might need sight doesn't mean we're not going to enjoy it and if you just lost your sight and you're thinking i'm not going to enjoy movies i'm not going to enjoy anything like this again hey you need to make sure to check out the website lifeaftersightloss.com. Check out all my content because I have information on how to enjoy a lot of things in a much more accessible way. And so make sure you check that out because there are still tons of things that you can do, that you can enjoy, that you can experience. And I highly recommend that. So no, we don't hate sight intensive activities. As a matter of fact, we really, really enjoy them. And finally, the fifth myth, the fifth myth, there you go, the fifth myth we're going to bust is that blind people don't like sight words. Now, what is a sight word? Well, things like look, uh, sight, watch, see, those sort of things. Uh, This is something I've had happen to me numerous times. They'll say something like, hey, did you see that new movie or uh, did you hear that new movie? I'm like, you know what? You can say see. You know, you can say watch. I've had people ask me, well, did you read that book? Oh, I'm sorry. Did you listen to that book? Look, you can say the word read. Actually, that's a pet peeve of mine. I hate it when people say, we didn't really read the book. You listened to it. No, I read the book. You don't have to say listen like some, it's condescending almost. <laughs> we don't mind those sight words. Now, if you're early on in your sight loss journey, if you just lost it recently, those words might bother you a little bit. Maybe, maybe just maybe it's like, oh, I'm, I'm struggling with this, this idea of people saying, Look over there or, or, you know, look at this or see this or watch this or whatever the case is, because it's just in the normal culture to use those words. So it might bother you. But as you go along, it's just not that big a deal. And I don't necessarily need people to change their whole vocabulary when I'm in the room. And I don't necessarily need them to point it out either. I don't need them to be like, hey, did you watch that movie? Well, you couldn't see the movie, but maybe did you go to it? It's like, I, I know, I, <laughs> you know, I know that we, I can't see the movie. I get it. But nobody needs to point it out. And as a matter of fact, I found that if people will just be honest and open about it and, and move on and not be bothered by it, it's much simpler and nobody gets in that awkward situation. So, So for the most part, at least for me and a lot of people I know, we don't hate those kind of words like look, watch and see those sort of things. So go ahead. If you if it's normal for you to use those words, go ahead and use it and we'll probably make a joke and make you feel bad about it and then laugh because we're just having a good time. So don't worry about it. Look, see, watch. No problem. 
So there you go, everyone. Five myths about sight loss and vision impairment. Let me just go over them one more time just as a quick review. First, the myth that says all our other senses are awesome. Mm, they're not. Sorry. Secondly, all visually impaired people are totally blind. Not true. Over 90% have some usable vision. Number three, blind people are antisocial. Really, really not. Actually, we love being social, at least if you're a social person by nature. Number four, visually impaired people don't like sight intensive activities actually I love going to the movies and laser tag and all those sort of things many visually impaired people do and number five blind people hate those sight words like look watch and see and you know what we don't hate those words it's really not that big a deal so go ahead say whatever you need to it's perfectly fine As I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm changing things up just a little bit. If you're new here, this won't matter. So tune out for about 10 seconds. If you're a regular listener, you know I usually have my real life retweet. It's just kind of a quote, something like that to take away. But sometimes it was hard to find like a quote that magically fit. So instead of that, I'm switching it just a bit and we're doing word of the week. So it's one word that I'm going to give you this week to kind of think about that hopefully applies to what we've talked about. And then you can take that with you and start some conversation. So our word of the week this week is true. Now, the reason I chose this word is because so many times we've talked about these myths and misunderstandings, and if we'll just learn what the truth is, somebody once said the truth would set us free. And so if we learn that truth, it will help us face this whole sight loss journey just a little bit better. We know what's true. We know what's happening. Look, yes, life is going to change. That's true. Um, You know, things might end. That's true. But your life is not over, and that is true. We've got to figure out what the truth really is. Our word of the week this week, truth. And so that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Life After Sight Loss Radio. Hey, if you liked today's episode, if you found it helpful, encouraging, whatever the case may be, there's a couple of things I'd love for you to do. First of all, I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast. Now, the way you do that is you go over to lifeaftersightloss.com slash podcast, and that's going to give you links for Apple Podcasts, for Google Play, for Stitcher, for anything you need right there. It's going to give you information so you can subscribe. It's totally free and that way you won't miss out on another single episode. You can do that right on your phone and that way, man, every single week you're going to get another dose of Life After Sight Loss Radio. And the other thing I'd love for you to do is if you go to iTunes, I would love for you to give us a rating and review. Now look, if you're not in iTunes, I get it, I understand, but that way Everybody who comes and checks it out, because most people go to iTunes, everybody who checks it out can see those ratings, see those reviews, and say, wow, this podcast is great. I love it. And I want to subscribe to this. And it would be very helpful to let them know and to let me know what you think about the show. Now, again, if you're not in iTunes, hey, that's perfectly okay. If you're an Android user, PC, whatever the case is, perfectly all right. Here's the good news. You don't necessarily have to go to iTunes. You can share it with a friend. You can tell your friend. You can share it on your social media. You can tell your neighbors, whatever the case is, and say, hey, you got to listen to this podcast because it's so helpful in helping people discover life after sight loss. So make sure to share it out and give that rating and review if you have the chance. 
Also, while you're surfing the World Wide Web, I'd love for you to hop on over on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and like, follow, and subscribe over there. That way, you don't miss out on any posts, any information, announcements, whatever the case may be. And like I said, if you go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash YouTube, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel and not miss out on a single video there either. So check it out. Social media, it's awesome. And that is our last step on the Yellow Brick Road, and we have come to the conclusion of another episode. I hope that you have enjoyed yourself, and you will come on back next week for another great episode. In the meantime, don't forget you can find the show notes to today's episode over at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 018. That'll give you links, information, conversation, and more. Just go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash 018. Also, guys, don't forget that anything on this podcast and on lifeaftersightloss.com, anything you find there is intended for educational and informational purposes only. If you're in need of professional, medical, or legal advice, please seek out a specialist in your area. All right, guys, well, that's going to wrap it up for me this week. Hope you had a great time. And until next time, remember that sight loss isn't the end. It's just the beginning. My name is Derek Daniel from lifeaftersightloss.com, and I will see you in the next one.